Turn with me this morning to the book of Nehemiah, chapter 9. Nehemiah, chapter 9. We'll begin reading today in verse 18. So let's start out this morning before we read this passage and just um, get everybody on the same page. So in the Old Testament, we know that the nation of Israel was in bondage in Egypt for 400 and something years. Um, And then they were set free. They went out into the wilderness. God did many mighty miracles. Uh, Probably, you know, after the plagues, the, the first thing they saw that was a mighty miracle was... probably the most memorable one was the parting of the Red Sea. Before that, there was times that God, you know, during the day He would display Himself, so to speak. He would lead and guide His people. He would show them His presence by a cloud, a pillar of a cloud in the daytime. And at night, there was a pillar of fire. And so this is how He guided them, but it also gave them comfort to know God's with us. Look, right there. There's evidence. God is with us. He's leading us as we go. And They get all the way from Egypt to the promised land. And then there's problems. They get to the promised land and They send some spies in, and we'll talk more about this in a moment, and they decide, man, we can't do this, and they bail out. And God causes them to wander in the wilderness for 40 years until that generation that was so stiff-necked died off, and he had some folks that would actually follow him, and then he brought them in. So I say all of that because I want you to understand the context of the passage we're about to read, okay? So in verse 18 of Nehemiah chapter 9, it says, Even when they made a molded calf for themselves and said, This is your God that brought you out of Egypt and worked great provocations. Y'all know what a provocation is? It's to provoke someone. They, They did something to provoke God. That's not, that's not recommended, by the way. Yet in your manifold mercies, you did not forsake them in the wilderness. I I, I can't move past that too quickly. Let's hear it again and think about what he's saying. These Israelites, they made a golden calf. He says, even when they made a molded calf for themselves and said, this is your God that brought you up out of Egypt. In your manifold mercies, you did not forsake them in the wilderness. The pillar of the cloud did not depart from them by day to lead them on the road, nor the pillar of fire by night to show them the light and the way they should go. You also gave your good spirit to instruct them and did not withhold your manna from their mouth 
and gave them water for their thirst. Forty years you sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. These people that rebel against God, that say, God, I don't want to trust you. I don't want to believe anything you have to say. In fact, I'm going to make another God out of gold that looks like a cow that you made, and I'm going to say He's God, and He's the one that brought us out of Egypt. In spite of all of that, God never left them. God stayed with them. God kept feeding them. He kept giving them water. Why did they wander in the wilderness? Unbelief. Those ten spies we talked about, there was actually twelve of them, but ten of them came back with a bad report. They go into the promised land, the thing that God promised all the way back to Abraham. They go in and they see everything there and they come back with a bad report. How many times have we seen the people of God see the provision of God and have a bad report? Because we focus on the wrong thing. We focus on the things that in our mind, in our understanding, are mountains, are giants, they're big adversaries, things that we can't understand how we're going to overcome it. Instead of looking at the provision that God has before us. Because see, two spies came back with a different report. I don't understand how ten people see it one way and two see it another. It's because of what was in their heart. You see, two people had belief. They had faith in God. They looked for the goodness of God in the land of the living. Instead, the other ten had unbelief. And they looked for what was in front of them that they couldn't see past. They saw the, the problems. They saw all of the, all of the headaches they were going to encounter. And that brought on rebellion, another reason why they wandered in the wilderness. They rejected God despite the miraculous things He had done before them. Time and time again, they've seen God do something crazy. And they just continue to reject Him and rebel against Him. But even though they were faithless and rebellious, God didn't leave them. Verse 21 says, 40 years. See, here is an evidence of what I was saying. Nehemiah is reporting this. He's reporting it from a point of view that's different. Those that died in the wilderness would probably say, 40 years you left us out here in the wilderness. Nehemiah says, 40 years you sustained them in the wilderness. Where are you at today, church? What's going on in your life? Are you wandering in the wilderness? Are you saying, God, why you got me out here stuck in the wilderness? Or are you being sustained by God as you're going through a trial? Is it the trial that you're looking at that's saying, I can't overcome this, there's giants? 
Or are you looking to God and you're saying, God, thank you for sustaining me. Thank you for the provision that you have made for me through this. Thank you for bringing me into the land of promise. You see, those are two completely polar opposite mindsets. And we can choose which one we want to have today. So I believe today, as a church, that we are in the promised land. Now I'm not speaking spiritually, I'm not talking about eternally in heaven, I'm not talking about that, I'm talking about just where we are right now. When we first moved into this building, I preached a message about moving into the promised land. And y'all, if you look at what Israel went through when they actually did get to go into the promised land, it, it wasn't all gravy. It wasn't all icing on the cake. What they did is they, they had to go in and acquire the promised land. You see, it was one battle after another. And so even though God had promised it to Abraham and his descendants, it wasn't just handed over. You see, they still had to trust God. They had to obey God. They had to go about doing what God said to do as they went about destroying the inhabitants of the land. Yes, there was great abundance in the land. But there was also adversaries. So the point behind me saying that to you today is the message I preached when we first moved into this building was we've been in the wilderness and God has sustained us, but now it's time to move into the promised land and that doesn't mean now we can coast. Because that's not what Israel did. Israel, when they went into the promised land, that's when the battle begins. That's when they had to start fighting. They weren't fighting with the enemy in the wilderness. They were just coasting and being sustained by God. But when you go into the promised land and try to acquire what God has promised in your life, there will be interactions with an adversary. There will be times that you as a child of God have to stand on the Word of God and trust in Him to see the end of it. It's not going to just fall into your lap and be provided for you and you not have to do nothing. So being in the promised land has a completely different approach. We shouldn't be wandering in the promised land. I want you to think about this for a moment. They, they wandered in the wilderness. What does that mean? When you wander, you don't have a home. You don't have a home base. There, there is no place that is yours. You're just, hey, I got a tent. I'm going to go from one place to the next until I wear out my welcome, and, and then I'll move on somewhere else. And for the Israelites, they were following the cloud and the fire, man. Just wherever God goes, that's where we'll go. Because we don't have a home. But when you're in the promised land, you stop wandering. That doesn't mean you stop going, but you stop wandering. If we look in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 9 and 10 talks about Abraham. 
And I want you to hear this because I believe the, the mindset of Abraham is something that we need to understand as we look moving forward in our own walk with God. It says in verse 9, By faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, with the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited, and I really, I, I understand the, the meaning of both. I think they both apply. I like the way the old King James says it better. In the old King James Version it says, He looked. It says, For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He looked for the city. He waited for the city. Abraham was at that time in the promised land, but he was still wandering. He had not yet attained the promise. Even though he stood on the ground, it wasn't his yet. Why is it so important for us to make those distinctions between these two today? Those two lifestyles bring about two different mindsets. <clears throat> Wandering is a mindset of survival. Being in the promised land is a mindset of conquering and thriving and occupying. That's two totally different ways of thinking. Survival is just, I'm doing every day what I have to do to make it to the next day. Church, are we operating like that in our personal life? Are we operating in a fashion with our God who is abundant that just says, I just want to make it till the next day? Or are we in a mindset that says, I'm going to conquer, I'm going to thrive because my God is abundant and whatever He gives me, I'm going to occupy, I'm not going to give place to the devil. I'm not going to allow him to take ground back that God has given me. What, what is your mindset today, church? How are we going to approach our life? Are we going to just say, well, whatever happens today happens, and I'll just go wherever he leads? Or are we going to begin to look at our life in a way that says, I'm not wandering in the promised land anymore. I'm no longer going to just float from day to day, but I'm going to get up each day with a mindset of following God into the next battle, into the next time that we conquer something. And then am I going to just, okay, we conquered it, I'm going to move on. No, I'm going to occupy the area that God has given me. I'm not going to allow the enemy to take it back. I'm going to fortify that area in my life. I want you to hear the report of the two spies 
that went into the land that came back with a good report. <clears throat> in Numbers chapter 14, turn with me and read it. Numbers chapter 14, verse 6. Y'all believe this is so important for us today. And I say that because I know the kind of things I struggle with in life, and I know I'm not the only one. And I know the enemy would love for me to be complacent. He would love for me to just accept whatever comes day to day. We have talked so many times lately about the kingdom of God and it growing. We want it to grow. We want to see people saved. We don't want to see people go to hell. I believe if we're to see that, there has to be a change in our mindset. Y'all, I am not up here to give you a motivational speech today. I don't believe any of that stuff is worth a hill of beans. I don't believe just changing your thinking is going to change anything unless it is connected to something that is eternal. If you connect your positive thinking to the one that has given you a positive word, and you stand on his word, it's worth something then. I can't just decide, okay, I'm going to have a great day. The first time I get to the door at work, it's going to change. Before I get to work, I'm going to get a phone call. It's going to change. My attitude doesn't change it. But when I connect up a good attitude with a good God, something can happen then. I begin to look for something different. I begin to look to someone different. Instead of looking to the negative and looking at the problems, I look to the one that is the problem solver and the provider and the healer. And that changes my approach to things then. And this is what we see from these spies. There were ten that went in that came back and said, Oh, man. But there were two that said, Oh, man. In verse 6 it says, But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then He will bring us into the land and give it to us. A land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Y'all know what they saw? They saw the same exact things that the other ten saw but they saw them from a different point of view. You see, those first ten spies made a statement. They said, there are giants in the land. 
we were like grasshoppers in our sight and theirs. Joshua and Caleb said, they're our bread. Their protection has departed from them. God is going to give this to us. They saw the same thing. They just saw them from two different places. They saw them in relation to two different things. The ten saw these giants in these walled cities in comparison to themselves. Joshua and Caleb saw the giants in the walled cities in comparison to their God. They saw the provision God had for them. They saw that, look, we're not going to have to wander anymore. We're not going to have to stay in tents anymore. God has provided us cities that have already been built. All we got to do is go in and take them, take them, occupy them, stay with our God, and He will give it to us into our hands. Provision is right in front of us. What are you facing? Joshua and Caleb, thousands of years before it was even written in the book of Romans, already understood this principle. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? They already understood that. They didn't have to have Romans chapter 8, verse 31 written down in front of them because they knew God. Do you know Him today, church? Do you know Him like I'm talking about? Or is it this casual, wandering kind of mindset with you and God? You need to know God as your your advocate. I'm sorry, not adversary. You need to know Him as your advocate. You need to know Him as the God that wants to go before you and prepare the way. The God that's waiting on you to come along and then occupy what He does. What are you facing? Is the enemy that is in front of you like a giant? If that's the case, your eyes are on the enemy instead of the Lord. Is the fear of the battle causing you to stand still or retreat? Then your trust is in what you can see. Instead of trusting the word of the Lord. Are you content with simply wandering? Then you've lost sight of the promise and you've lost understanding of why it's good. Did you hear what I said? All the way back to Abraham, a promise was made. Before his name was even made Abraham. Abram promise was made hundreds of years after that you see Israel looking at the promised land now which one are you are you the ones that want to go back well let's pull back out of the promise and let's go back into the wilderness do you know some of them folks even said y'all we shouldn't have even left Egypt we had it better there How quickly we forget. They actually said that. We would have been better off if we stayed in Egypt. 
How quickly they forget the persecution that they endured, the whips of the taskmaster, the making of those stone blocks. They forgot all of that. They forgot that that there was a whole generation of children killed. They they forgot all of it. They said it would be better if we just stayed in Egypt. Are, Are you like them today, church? Are you like the ones that say, you know what, I'd rather either wander or I'd rather go back into bondage than to have to trust God and look into the promised land. Y'all, I'm of a mindset today. I have my moments. Don't be shaking your head, Ron. Don't agree with me too quickly. Today, I'm of a mindset I would rather die in battle than to go back into bondage. I would rather let my feet stand on the promise and die in the middle of it than to go back wandering in the wilderness. What kind of people are we going to be? What are you facing today? I've asked you this many times today. I hope you're, you're asking yourself this question. What are you facing? If you're facing that giant, that mountain, that walled city, that, that lack of provision, if you're looking at it and you're saying, man, I don't, I don't know, I, I feel like God's leading me this way, but oh, that's scary. then I want to challenge you today to take your eyes off of those problems and put them on the one that can solve them. Y'all, I have said that many times over the past couple weeks. And look, I'm preaching to myself probably more than anybody else here today. We've got to focus on the one that can do anything. Where is He going to lead us? Well, I can tell you, because I know Him. He's going to lead us into good. He don't lead you into bad. It sometimes seems like it. But meanwhile, He's sustaining you. He has a purpose. Y'all, I think the hardest thing for some of those Israelites to understand was that that 40 years was a good thing. They didn't want to be out there in the wilderness wandering around in their tents. Have you been through a time like that in your life? And it's hard for you to look at the circumstances going on in your life and to see this is a good thing. That God is doing something good in your life even though it may feel miserable for the moment, God is still with you. He is sustaining you. He is leading you and guiding you. He's providing for you. My goodness, I can't go to Lowe's without my feet swelling. But these people wandered around in the desert for 40 years and it says their clothes didn't wear out and their feet didn't swell. I think they put that in there because it's important to know, right? That's what I think about the Word of God. And if you've ever stood on your feet for very long and they start swelling up and you know how uncomfortable it is, give yourself some perspective of what they were going through down to the smallest detail of what was going on in these people's life. God was sustaining them. 
So I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what kind of things you're facing in your life. But He does. And He has never left you one single time. He is staying with you. Don't be like those that rebelled. Don't be like those that were stiff-necked. And just said, "Mm -mm. nope. We'd have been better off in Egypt. They was probably grumbling when they left Egypt. Because that's how some people are. They like to grumble. But our God is good, y'all. I'm here today to deliver that message, that simple truth to you today. Our God is good. He has good things for us. I don't know where you're at right now. You might be in the middle of the wilderness. It may feel like it. You might be on the border of the promised land looking at all the adversaries. You might be just coming out of bondage. I don't know where you are in this process. What I know though is in Egypt, in bondage, God was with them. All the way at the other end, when they had defeated the enemies and they were dwelling in the land of promise, God was with them. He's here today. No matter where you are in this walk, He's with you. He knows everything coming ahead, and He's greater than that. If God is for us, can, can y'all say that today? Is God for you? If you're His child, if you've received salvation, you've been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, He's for you. If God be for us, who then? Somebody answer. Who then can be against us? It don't even matter. <laughs> it don't even matter. Somebody wants to rise up against you. It doesn't matter. But the moment you take your eyes off of Him and put them on the problem, your mindset changes. Maybe that's where you are today. The past week, your eyes have been on the problem. Mine have. And today, I want to just stand up here before you, and I hope I can just lead the pack. I'm taking my eyes off the problem, and I'm putting them on him. He's the one that's going to make the difference. It don't matter what the solution is. You've got to be okay with that. Because the solution might not be your ideal. It may not be the way you wanted to do it. Forty years in the wilderness is not the way they wanted to do it either. But God got it done. Are y'all with me today? More than that, are you with Him? Because <laughs> if God's on your side, that's great, but you've got to be on His too. <laughs> Praise the Lord.